as founders, we all had product backgrounds. Sure. We all understood this pain. Like, we all had this issue of like, how do you get data about how your software is being used? And the only way you can do that is, back then was instrument things, right? So you're pulling yeah. engineers off of building things that are really important with you to build instrumentation, and that just kind of sucks. Forget uh, all of that. Yeah. You know, we want something where like, as product managers, we install this snippet of code and then it just works, it captures everything. It was like super empowering to me as a product manager. Uh, so I think that was the fundamental vision behind it. Welcome to 14 Minutes of SaaS, the show where you can listen to the stories and opinions of founders of the world's most remarkable SaaS scale-ups. Episode 97 is the second of a two-part conversation with Eric Boda, co-founder and chief evangelist and VP of marketing at Pendo. He'll talk about why he loves helping to drive Pendo's growth, and there's a few tips in there for founders too. You're a very upbeat type of guy, uh, Eric, and you talk about learning experiences, but did you, so does that mean you didn't actually go through a dark period after either of those? Experiences that Cerebellum after Cerebellum was a little bit of a dark period in part because okay. you know you're that's all I had known like out of school is running my own thing and now what do I do and I you know I need to get I need to make some money I never had paid myself well I was always like yeah uh, I got the equity I don't need a lot of money and I, I never really thought about like taking care of yourself during the good times or at least paying yourself close to market uh, so I, I just had a different mindset so it was. There was a little bit of a dark period after there, and I got in my own like personal dark period. Uh, ended up getting divorced uh, at that oh. point too. So there was definitely some different trials I went through after that. Um, and that's after, one of the hard things about being an entrepreneur. Uh, it can it can hit a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, after, smash my dark period was really during the end of it. Okay. It was the struggle at the end, feeling like, you know, the positive exits are narrowing out, and like your best outcome is at best meh, right? Or Decent, maybe on the upside, but not great, right? Yeah, yeah. And so it was like the last, you know, even two or three years of Smash. I don't know. Years all blend, so it's hard for me to say. But the last period of time with Smash was darker for me than the period of leaving. I just finally got to the point where I'm like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. You need like, to get out of there. I need to. I mean, they're just. I, I could. I felt. I felt like I needed to do better for my investors, but I, I couldn't. I just. I couldn't. And no matter what I was doing, it just wasn't getting there. And so we, we, we tried to do something with Mind Matrix that who knows, who knows what that'll turn into. So uh, how did you and or your co-founders of Penzo come across the initial problem that you were to initially address? Yeah, so as, as product people, like even at, you know, when I worked in the Valley and ran marketing, I owned part of the product organization. I worked in product marketing before. I had a lot of product experiences at Cerebellum. Uh, back then I owned product. Uh, was part of my, or product management was part of my organization uh, that kind of reported up to me uh, throughout the whole life of that company. We had a couple CEOs we brought in, but yep. even when I, whether I was CEO or not, the product org had reported uh, up through me, uh, oddly enough. So uh, just to remind the listeners, it's a product experience platform, Yeah, right? so Pendo's a product, we like to describe it as a product cloud. So okay. we help deliver user guidance, user communications, user insights for digital product teams. So fantastic, fantastic. You can think of us as like usage analytics, in-app messaging and guides, sentiment, things like polling, NPS. We just bought a company uh, called Receptive that's now Pendo Feedback, so we handle feedback management. Um, so all of those things incorporated together. And then I just took over uh, working with Josh Sandman on a product line 
called Adopt, where we actually extend our guidance to uh, employee training. So if you want to be you know, trained on how better to use smart recruiters as like, you know, a big company, you can put your own training on top of smart recruiters and deliver that out to the world, so as an example. Very good, very good. Um, now, you're the leader in the product analytics category, even though that's not the, maybe the phrase you use to describe yourselves, in G2. Um, you're the very clear leader. Um, what separates you from that pack, do you think, in that product analytics space? Wow, what separates us? I mean, I, I think, you know, one of the big things is a lot of people in the analytics space, their products came from somewhere else. Okay. Meaning that their original persona wasn't necessarily product, right? They were building something for the marketing people. Uh, or they found that they were building something for the marketing people and found out that more product people are using it. So why don't we start selling the product people? From the get-go, like we're, as founders, we all had product backgrounds. Sure. Todd, our CEO, ran product at Rally Software, among other places. Eric Trone, you know, the first VP of engineering, I believe, at Red Hat, was one of the first engineers there, if not the first. Uh, had a strong product background in addition to that, ran product at some of the organizations he worked. Raul Jain, great guy, love Raul. Shout out to Raul out there in DC. Uh, you know, he, he did product at Cisco and other places. So we all had this product background. We all understood this pain. Like, we all had this issue of like, how do you get data about how your software is being used? And the only way you can do that is, back then was instrument things, right? So you're pulling yeah. engineers off of building things that are really important with you to build instrumentation, and that just kind of sucks. I mean, you kind of need to do it sometimes. And then not only do you need to do it, but when you change your product, you need to update it. Sure. So sure. a lot of the analytics vendors that were out there, not only were they built for other people, but they required instrumentation. And we're like, forget uh, all of that. Yeah. You know, we want something where like, as product managers, we install this snippet of code and then it just works. It captures everything. It was like super empowering to me as a product manager. Uh, so I think that was the fundamental vision behind it. And then from there, you know, we always focused on making sure are we doing, are we have a, one of our core values is maniacal focus on the customer. Okay. So like, are we meeting our product manager's needs? Do we make their life better, right? Are yeah. we empowering them? Do they love us? Would, you know? so, so you guys were your sweet spot customer We already. were our sweet spot customer, so that made so it you, easy. You, and it, that's how it expanded out into a platform too, because we're like, oh, this is great. We can see that in Pendo, people were struggling to set up staging servers, and I'm like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if we could do something now instead of having to wait till we fix that, you know, yeah. make it easier. We're like, oh, we could do in-app messaging, we could do these pop-ups, we can do walkthroughs, sure. and we can build that on top of our data. Sure. So we can even see that if people aren't going through the right funnel and path, well, let's, let's send them the guide. So that, that gave birth to you know, our guidance product, our walkthroughs, our, you know, <laughs> our banners, all of that kind of stuff. All of that guidance inside the product was driven from, oh, wouldn't it be great if we could do that? And then we added in you know, things like sentiment, NPS, polling on top of that, and now feedback, and now adopt where we're doing you know, a thing of bespoke training, you know, employee training. Like. Very good, very good. You strike me as a very geeky company, as in like you're mad into product <laughs> dev and, and stuff. So have you any kind of community play? Are you building any community yeah, around so Pendo? Yeah, we so we, we have a conference called Pendemonium that's kind of like a background of our, our our community. Uh, we run local events called Penderamas uh, <laughs> that is more like we get our customers together to share stories of how they've used Pendo with other customers. So we want to get like, because there's lots of different ways you can use us. You can use us for user sure. onboarding to make that process better. You can use us to optimize your trial conversions. You can use us 
to uh, deflect support tickets. You can use this for all these different kind of end user uh, or objectives, right? Uh, but we want them to share. So someone who's saying like, oh, I've never thought about optimizing my trial conversions. We'll talk to this company over here who's telling their story right now about how they do it and they can be a resource for you going forward about the process they went through, how they thought about it, what they did, what they didn't do, how it worked for them. So like that community stuff is great. And then we, we have this thing called Product Craft, right? Which is what we call, I think, a digital magazine is the way we're, we're describing it. And it's all about us getting other product leaders out there to share their stories, independent of Pendo. It's branded completely as Product Craft. Sure. We just sponsor it, and we get people to share their stories. And that's where my Product Love podcast lives, right? When I listen to all of that, I, I start thinking of kind of a seed and grow play where you know, the, the product dev guy or, or, or lady is, is working with it and will go into the company and, say, and start singing its appraises. Do you go in that way or do you go in, do you press the flesh and, and meet a big ticket customer? Are, are you in the enterprise space or are we you sell in the a lot. Oh, we, sell, we sell to people building software. And, okay. and we, you know, it, we, are bought by we were bought by a company of three people the other day. Okay. Which I was like, sweet. I mean, that's amazing. <laughs> Uh, when you think about Things it, they, usable, yeah. there's three people and they put so much focus on getting product right. Like, isn't that inspiring? Yes. Right? When you think about it, it's like product is important to a company of three people. Yeah. Right? That's awesome. <laughs> it's like, great, amazing. But, um, you, but you've got big, iconic customers Yeah, as well. big, iconic customers. Customers like Salesforce, right? Yeah. So big companies. And then big companies on the traditional side, right, that you're using us. Yeah. You know, it's, it's amazing. I was just you know, telling stories of all these companies that are now building product management practices that you wouldn't think of. Like, I met 40 product managers from Home Depot at the industry conference last year. Well, I didn't meet them all. I met a few of them that said there was 40 of them there, which is like super inspiring, right? <laughs> you know, we take a company like Home Depot, which you don't think of as like, oh yeah, yeah there's going to be, they're employ 100 product managers, or a couple hundred product managers, wow. but they do. Wow. Because they're investing in innovation, they're investing in their software, and that's really inspiring to me. Right, as a product leader, as like, oh man, it gets you excited, right? <laughs> Those companies are investing in my craft. Okay, yeah. I've only time for two more questions, and it's, a, it's, it's running fairly tight. Uh, your founder, board member, VP of Marketing, Chief Evangelist uh, of Pendo, and um, it's a hyper-growth company. You've grown 148% in staff in two years. You've over 350 employees in six offices. Yeah. So, yeah. What are your priorities right now? Like, how do you handle? Well, first, all that? I haven't done all those at the same time, right? Okay. So, just okay. to be clear, there's different dates for each of those. So, okay. I, I started out when we were smaller. I, I, I was sitting on the board. I was. We had three founders on the board back then. We don't have three founders on the board anymore. I don't sit on the board anymore. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm still involved as you know one of the four founders in a lot are of that stuff. Are you primarily evangelist right now? Uh, going around Interestingly, the word. I was primarily evangelist. Like, so I ran marketing for the first four years. Uh, moved over into community more externally focused. I tend to have a personality, I guess, that people like. Do. I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. It, it's, I guess, it's high. <laughs> it's all in the eye <laughs> of the beholder. Uh, so, uh, spent more time externally focused on things like community evangelism. You know, speaking uh, best practices, like getting customers to share that stuff. So, I've been doing that now for a little while, and then I've recently taken over. Um, I still do product love as part of that, and I'll continue to do product love. But I've scaled back some of the community work uh, because I've taken over and I'm running with Josh Sandman a product line called Adopt that I okay. mentioned before. You did, yeah. So it's our new product line where we do employee training. In okay. essence, teaching people how to use software like Salesforce or others better, right? Okay, so, excellent. Which is a great, great opportunity, I think, for us. It's a great new market for us. 
to really go after that, that, uh, that uh, bespoke training marketplace. Because when you, when you buy software, right, you don't necessarily always use it exactly like the vendor thinks you're going to use it. You got yeah. your own way you need to do it. Like Absolutely. if you're AWS and you're using Marketo, you probably have your own way to build out campaigns that you want your people to follow. You want to enforce those policies and you want to train people in context inside the application. Yeah. You don't want to having to refer to a, a webinar or an email or you know, uh, a training session so from three weeks so ago. So it's an adoption platform. It's, an, it's called Adopt Course yes. because you're training them in context and and when you're measuring how they're working, you're able to, in real time, see what their actions are. Yes. In real time, see if their behaviors align with that which you know is a good way uh, to create an opportunity. I'm doing Salesforce now, or, yeah, or, yeah. or a work with cases. Yeah. That's brilliant. So, yeah, and, and we do that in area. conjunction with our partners. Like, okay. So we're, doing, we're taking this into market in conjunction with people like that. Okay. So that's one of the cool things I think we're doing is like we're letting that we're, you know, we're giving them a new offering that they can take out to their their customers, right? And generate new revenue and partner with them to do that. So that's exciting. Last question for you, Eric. If you were to give one piece of advice to any budding entrepreneur, uh, and you could only tell them one or two things in one minute, what would you tell them? Oh, one or two things. I'm like learn from others is like one thing. I'm like especially if you're a budding young entrepreneur. You know, the internet, the internets uh, has given us so many great resources. Like, yep. when I was on stage, I'm talking about all these cool things you can learn about. Like, Gib Biddle has a ton of content out there that's amazing. Dan Olson, I'm just naming product people. Gib sure. Biddle, Dan Olson, Teresa Torres, Cindy Alvarez, they all have a ton of great contents out there that you can learn from. Yep. Uh, April Dunford, who spoke the other day on positioning, ton of great content, great book. You know, near all about building habit-forming products. So learn from people. And then the, the second thing, you know, is, well, it's so many different things you could do. But I, I think you need to you know, keep an even keel is one of the things. I don't know if that's most important I'd pick, but I would say keep an even keel. You're going to have big ups and you're going to have downs, but you want to stay steady through the process. Eric Boduk, thank you so much for sharing Super your fun, knowledge, Steven. your insights, your Super wisdom. Fun. Well, we can, we can do this again. I'm always open for it. You're the second it. person in a row I could do a series with. Like, you know, thanks <laughs> thank, a million. Thank I you, Steven. I loved it. In the next episode, we have one of the most incredible SaaS founders alive today, Goddard Abel. He's been deeply involved at the foundation stage of four startups built around the buyer experience. And he's been CEO of three of them so far. Two companies that help buy complex products in the real world, Big Machines, sold to Oracle for $400 million. Steelbrick, sold to Salesforce for pretty much the same sum of money. And now he drives G2, which is revolutionizing how we buy the invisible how we buy software. And he's a slightly quieter, but still major figure behind 3Kit, which helps us visualize complex products, ones that have a myriad of options and combinations and dependencies that we buy online. But the thing I love about Goddard is his humanity. He built his first company helping solve a problem for his dad's business. And he's built phenomenal teams and taken them with him from successful startup to successful startup. Don't miss the next three episodes. I don't think there's a human alive that can listen to Goddard for 14 minutes and not learn. You've been listening to 14 Minutes of SaaS. Thank you to Ketsu for music provided under a Creative Commons license. This episode was brought to you by me, Stephen Cummins. If you enjoyed the podcast, please don't forget to share it with your network, subscribe to the series, and give the show a rating. Yeah.